Today is Senior Sunday, but uh, I have been working hard to try to find that cross-section of a message that is challenging for the entire congregation, as well as something that we feel good kind of sending our graduates onto the next phase of their life with. Um, I, I want to start by saying this. I am impressed by people who get things. Uh, people who are competent. And, and, and what I mean by that is that there are just people out there who, for example, they understand cooking. They just get what flavors and spices kind of contrast or blend well and just how to do that. And I've, I've always been a mess in the kitchen, uh, figuratively and literally. Um, they know the difference between baking powder and baking soda. Evidently, those are different things. And when you're sent to the store to buy one, you should not come home with the other. Uh, they just get it. Um, I'm also impressed by people who just get finances. They just get how money works and how to manage it well. And, you know, they just know that, that if you do this, it will work well for you and find good de deals and invest. It just makes sense to them. Um, and I'm amazed by that. You know, I'm the kind of guy, well, the sales guy said I had to act fast, you know, and so <laughs> now I'm broke. Um, not really, but. Uh, for example, I barely get home remodeling. Like, I, I kind of can do enough. Like, for example, I can, I can do enough with electrical that I'll only get shocked two or three times when I'm trying to fix something. Um, I can replace an outlet, that sort of thing, screw in some light bulbs. A friend of mine uh, called me recently and, s and said that they were having a problem with one of the outlets in their house. And, of course, I'm completely flattered by the fact that somebody thinks that I'm an expert. And so when he asked me, can you come over and help me, I said, of course I can. I can, you know, help. And immediately I realized that I'm in way over my head. I have exhausted my very limited knowledge of electrical work, and I don't know what to do next. And so I call the guy that gets electrical. I call the guy that knows what to do. And literally, within just a couple seconds, he had taken what was this big, overwhelming, complex problem for me and had just figured it out. I don't know if you've ever felt like that in life. Maybe you have a big, complex, overwhelming problem. Maybe it's parenting or jobs or relationship or finances, and you have no idea what to do. You've exhausted your limited options, and you, you call that person that just gets life. They just know how to live, and in a few seconds, they've kind of unraveled this complex, thorny problem for you. The Bible actually has a word for people who are skilled at life, people who get life. And the specific word the Bible uses for this concept, this competency, is wisdom. The word wisdom. Now, wisdom is a very cool word. In fact, in scripture, it's often translated skill. So, and, and used in these contexts that we probably wouldn't expect it. So, for example, if you rewind all the way back into the Hebrew Bible, and they're gathering these artisans and craftspeople in order to make the tabernacle, they found people who were full of wisdom or full of skill at, at crafting and weaving and building and sculpting. In fact, it's the same word used to describe God's uh, crafting of the universe. Uh, he wove together the galaxies and sculpted the earth with wisdom or skill in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19. Wisdom is, is part of the fabric of, the, of reality, the way the world works. It's, it's kind of why scientists can look at something and, and rationally project out. It's like why math works, because God has created the world with skill and with wisdom. 
Now, the truth is, wisdom is, is really what any of us want more than anything else. Um, um, some of you may say, well, no, no, I really want money. Yeah, but without wisdom and, and to know how to manage and, and acquire and what to do with money, money's going to be a heartache. You're not going to know how to handle it. Um, some of you may say, well, what I really want in life is meaning or purpose or happiness and relationships. Yes, but you, you acquire those things through wisdom. That's what the scriptures tell us. Um, so, for example, parents, this is what you want for your kids. This is what you want for your graduates. I mean, as, as these graduates are about to kind of dive headlong into these incredibly formative years where they're faced with these, like, momentous choices about career paths and relationships, you want them to navigate those things with skill, with wisdom. That's what wisdom is all about. Jesus uh, tapped into this idea in Matthew chapter 7. It's at the end of his... Um, I, I like referring it to as the manifesto on the mount. And he tapped into this idea about how if you actually take these things that he's been talking about for the last two chapters and you put them into action, you are a person who is skilled at life. Look at this with me. Matthew chapter 7 and uh, verse 24. He says, Therefore, everyone, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock verse 25 it says the rain came down the streams rose the winds blew and beat against that house yet it did not fall because it's it had its foundation on the rock so wisdom doesn't prevent tragedy and difficulty and hardship from happening. And I mean, everybody's going to be subject to those same realities in life. I mean, parents, we try to protect our children from anything bad happen, but it's just not, it's, it's not always going to be possible to prevent those things. But wisdom means that we have skillfully constructed a life that just doesn't come to ruin when difficulty happens. And then, of course, Jesus goes on to say in verse 26, he says this, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like, and here's the opposite of that skillful life, that wisdom. He is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. A life that is in shambles and is in ruins because of a lack of wisdom. Sadly, I feel like we have regu regulated or, or relegated, rather, this illustration to a children's song. And we kind of dismiss how profound this truth is that Jesus is trying to, to teach us. He's saying that the type of life that makes it in life is a life that is skillfully crafted by wisdom. That's what we want. That's what you want. That's what I want. That's what we want for our children, for our grandchildren. That's what we want is a skillful life crafted by wisdom. Now, I'm not sure you can talk about wisdom without referencing the Proverbs. It's in like the preacher code somewhere. And so I'd like you to look at uh, Proverbs chapter 4 with me. Proverbs chapter 4 and starting in verse 1. Proverbs chapter 4 and starting in verse 1. Look at what the writer says. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. 
Now, I don't know about you, but to me, this sounds like a father or a parent whose child is about to go off to college, and they just want to instill a little bit more wisdom into this child's life before they go off and make all these choices. Um, I asked some of our upperclassmen to share with me wisdom that they've heard repeated from their parents. And so I wanted to share these with you, and you can tell me whether or not any of them sound familiar. But the good news is, parents, that your kids are listening. So um, the, first, for the first few, the first three I wanted to share with you are just kind of like broad, like aphorisms, very, very wise, thoughtful sayings. So for example, be your best self today. It's, a, it's good advice. Be your best self. Um, or how about this? Have thick skin and a soft heart. That is wise, wise advice. Um, this is also good. Hope and wait is not a strategy. You got to do more. There's some planning and preparation. Now, parents also gave their children some very practical advice. For example, uh, take care of your car. It will help you take care of your wallet. It's good practical advice. Change the oil every once in a while. Here's another one. This is probably one of my favorites. If you ride your bike without your shoes, you will lose a toe. <laughs> I think that's an excellent piece of advice coming from a parent. Um, here's another one. When you go out to breakfast, when you eat out, going out to breakfast, leave a good tip. Because those people are working just as hard as the people at dinner, but it's early in the morning. It's good advice. Just something be thinking about other people. Um, and here's one. Uh, you might get bonus points if you can know exactly what parent this is. Menards is infinitely better than Home Depot. That's good advice from a parent who shops a lot at Menards. And the biggest category the kids gave me uh, in, in feedback was, was with regard to marriage. So here's some of the advice with regard to marriage. Uh, don't date someone that you wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't marry. That's good advice. Or how about this? Marry someone who helps you know Jesus better. It's excellent advice. And here's, here's the last one I'm going to share with you. You are not allowed to get married until you're 35. Pretty good advice. Now, the marriage piece is because these are choices that will impact and affect the rest of your life. And so parents want their children to navigate that decision with wisdom. This is something like what the author of Proverbs is doing. He's giving his children this vast encyclopedia of knowledge about how to be skilled at life. The art of being good at life. But he goes on and he says something. This is pretty interesting. It says, uh, verse 3, For I too was a son of my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. Then he taught me and he said to me. So now the narrator is telling us what the grandfather is saying. This is wisdom. That is, a, it's a legacy of wisdom passed on from generation to generation. He says, take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Verse 5, get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Uh, do not, uh, she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Now, I think this is worth noting. Just pause here for a second. It is interesting to me that when the narrator decides to personify wisdom, he calls wisdom a she. Evidently, us guys need to step it up a little bit, but that's what the, what, what the author does. Now, 
wisdom is, is attended by all these blessings. That's the point of what the, the author is trying to tell us. Wisdom is all about these good things in life. You, you pursue wisdom, and then uh, uh, outside of that, all these wonderful things are, are uh, pursued with it, um, are given to you with it. But I want you to notice in verse 7, this is really valuable. It says, the beginning of wisdom is this. Now, pause there for a second. The beginning of wisdom is this. So this is really good. We are going to get insight into how to begin this journey of wisdom from one of the wisest men that ever lived. So this should be really valuable. We all want to have our pens out. Drum roll, please. What is it at the beginning of wisdom? How do we get wisdom? How does the wisest man advise us to achieve wisdom? And this is what he says. Get wisdom. Now, you got to love that. you got to love the way the Bible does that because there's this buildup, and you think you're going to hear some ancient truth that will get, grant you access into some deep insight in life, and it says get wisdom. Now, some of your translations, if you happen to be reading along in your own Bibles, it'll say something like wisdom is supreme or wisdom is important, therefore get wisdom. But I think he's saying something that is kind of easy to dismiss. It's easy to kind of overlook because it seems self-evident, but it's not the way that we operate. What he's saying is, and I think there's kind of two things here, the first of which I think he's saying is that whatever else you want in life, whether you're thinking of a college degree or a happy marriage or, or well-adjusted kids or a good retirement, whatever other pursuit in life that you are wanting out of life, wisdom is the pursuit or the pursuit that allows for those other achievements. Wisdom is the thing, and without wisdom, you don't have the thing that you want. I remember back in Iowa when, um, when we were living there, there was this 18-year-old uh, kid that had gotten some sort of settlement uh, from a civil lawsuit, and he got $50,000 in one lump sum given to him when he was 18 years old. And I, I met him before uh, he got this money, and this is true. No joke, no exaggeration. He had blown through $50,000 in one weekend. It was gone. Because he thought he was going to achieve what he wanted with that money, and it turned out he <laughs> didn't, and he had nothing left to prove for it. What happens when you buy a nice car, don't have insurance, and then total it all in one weekend? Wisdom is the pursuit that allows us to achieve the other things that we truly want in life, contentment and peace and joy and happiness. But the other thing that I think it's important when he says get wisdom, which seems so basic, but he says get wisdom, and, and again, this may seem self-evident, but wisdom won't just come to you. You can't sit back on the couch and hope that wisdom just arrives at your doorstep. But, but the problem is, is, this is this tends to be the way that we operate. We hope that wisdom just, just comes to us shipped in a package in under two days. Because um, think about this. Honestly, wisdom is not the natural result of age, education, or experience. Wisdom is not the natural result of age, education, or experience. Now, I, I, for, for most of my life, a large chunk of my life, I kind of assumed that the older you get, the wiser you get. That evidently one day my AARP card would just show up in the mail, and along with that I would just wake up one day and I'd be like, wise. That's how, that's how it works. Yes, the older you get, the wiser you get. Because older people never do anything foolish, right? And one of the things I think I've discovered is that sometimes older people appear wiser because they lack the energy to get into trouble. There's only so much trouble you can cause when you're taking naps and in bed by 9 o'clock. But it doesn't mean that there's wisdom in that. In fact, a, what 
the scriptures tell us is that a young fool will eventually just be an old fool. Wisdom isn't a natural result of age. I think for our society, we tend to think we put a lot of stock in wisdom coming as a result of education. If we can just teach people, then education, information is sort of the holy grail to solve all of society's ills. If you just give everybody the correct information, then everybody would make good choices, right? Because nobody ever does anything that they know to be wrong or harmful to themselves. In, um, <clears throat> in 1994, the government mandated that, that uh, producers, food producers, put food labels on their products so that you could look at the product. You could say, oh, wow, that has 400,000 calories. I better not eat that for lunch. And uh, so you would think that once this food label, I mean, because who knows, before 1994, what we were eating, gravel and sawdust, who knows? But before 1994, no food labels. After 1994, here's all the information uh, whereby consumers can make good choices about what they consume. Now, it totally could be a correlation. I don't know. But in the mid-90s, uh, obesity rates, diabetes rates, heart disease rates skyrocketed. They were much higher by the end of the 90s than they were at the beginning. So evidently, giving people information did not ensure that they made better choices. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 10 says this, a rebuke impresses a discerning person more than a hundred lashes a fool. So you can force feed someone, but if they are a foolish person, you can force feed them facts. It won't change anything. Foolishness can't be fixed with facts. You need wisdom. People need to be wise. I mean, because if, if foolishness could be fixed with facts, then everybody would agree with you because you only believe what you believe because of the facts, right? Of course. But then the final one, the final uh, thing that I think we naturally hope just wisdom just arrives to us is experience. Um, I think we just hope that if we go through something difficult or hard, that, that that should be the greatest life skills teacher ever. And unfortunately, lots of people have repeated the very same mistake. I mean, most of us listening to this have done the same thing wrong more than once. There, there, there's a really graphic kind of intense proverb that I think is very popular with 10-year-old boys, but it's this, Proverbs 26, verse 11, a as a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Just don't learn. So age and education and experience are helpful when people who want to get wisdom, when people who want to be good at life, take those things and learn from them. But other, they're, they're opportunities, but otherwise they don't really help us. Wisdom doesn't come, it must be pursued. So, how do we get wisdom? How do we pursue wisdom? Um, well, earlier in the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verse 7, uh, the writer says, hey, you have to have a deep, intense respect and trust in God. That's the only way to pursue wisdom. And so I would hope that one of the things you do is you're constantly in the word of God, trying to learn what God has shared with us and what God has written. That's one way we can achieve wisdom. Jesus, in, in Matthew chapter 7, says, you have to put my teaching into action. You can't just know about it. You have to do it. That's another way we can get wisdom is actually living these things out and learning how it works in the real world. Um, but I want to draw your attention to something that I think is intensely practical, something that all of us could leave here this afternoon and literally put into practice, and it could change the choices you make today because of this truth. And it's found in the book of James chapter 3. We're going to look at this in just a second, James chapter 3. Um, 
you can use it to guide the next email you send, the next conversation you have. Um, grads, you can use it for the next few months of choices uh, that you're about to make. The, uh, the other night, Karina and I were sitting on the front lawn of our house in our you know, folding chairs, just enjoying a beautiful weather, enjoying the evening. And I was telling her a little bit about what I was going to be talking about uh, this weekend. And uh, she said, oh, it's interesting because my favorite verse of scripture mentions wisdom. And so I'm all ears. Tell me about it. You know, I'm very curious talking about this idea, this, this concept. And uh, she said, uh, Kareen, who I believe is very wise, uh, said, it seems to me that wisdom isn't always about knowing what to do, but knowing what not to do. Well, that's really good. That's really wise. It's not always about knowing what to do, but about knowing what not to do. For example, very practically, um, a lot of us have learned from experience not, uh, not to use dish soap when uh, in the dishwasher because evidently dish soap and dishwasher soap are not the same thing. You probably had that mess with bubbles all over the kitchen. Um, a lot of you have learned to turn the power off before you try to rewire an outlet because you learned from experience that is painful. Um, a lot of you have learned from experience, do not ask a pregnant person ever if they're pregnant. Never, ever, ever do it. Even if you're 90%, even if they're showing you the sonogram, don't do it. It's never a good idea. Just get it out of your system. Um, one, I, one truth I've learned from experience is, hey, don't send an email that you wouldn't be happy with everybody in the reply all address reading. Don't do it. So often wisdom is, is about eliminating decisions that are unwise. So there's a New Testament author, James, brother of Jesus, who is channeling the book of Proverbs as he writes. And it's pretty amazing as you read James, you should read Proverbs and read James kind of side by side. There's all these hyperlinks between the two books where he references things right out of the Proverbs, where you can see he's quoting the Proverbs just in what he's writing. But this is what he says in James chapter 3, verse 17. This is Crean's favorite verse. But the wisdom that comes from above, so the wisdom given to us by God, is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Now think about that. Running life, running your choices, running your conversations, running your Facebook posts through that filter would eliminate so many bad choices. So before you type that angry email, before you let your blood boil because everyone around you in the whole world is wrong about everything, is this peace-loving? Is this considerate? Is this submissive? Is this Full of mercy. It would save you so much heartache if you were skilled at life in knowing what to eliminate. And James gives us that tool. Wisdom eliminates so many of the multiple choice till we really only have one thing left. And that's the wise thing. Um, I had my high school reunion this week, um, which was kind of, it was kind of out of the blue. Everybody realized that we had graduated uh, a certain amount of years, um, and it's kind of hard to believe how long ago my, my graduation was. Uh, let's say that, I, I won't tell you the year, but if, uh, if you were born the year that I graduated, you're about to be kicked off your parents' insurance. So uh, it was in the 1900s. So we, we decided to get together on Zoom, and there everybody was, and everybody's reminiscing, and we're all, you know, talking about how we don't look any different, but we really all do look a lot, lot older. 
And, and for most of us, that period of, of graduation and college was kind of like magical and tumultuous. It was just all over the place because most of your, your deep formative friendships happen in that period of time. I mean, I still have my college friends. We just talked the other day and we laughed at all the same jokes and did all the same things we always do and had a really good time. Um, your career path is likely begin to, going to begin to take shape uh, in, that, in that period of time. Some of, some of you meet the person that you, you marry right after high school and in college and, and, and beginning years of your adult life. So it's, it's huge, it's important, and there's just nothing more that we need than wisdom to be skilled at life to guide us through those moments. So, so graduates, parents, church, I think this is the verse that we need to be thinking about right now. Church, when we think about living in a pandemic, living in a society where, where there's racial tension, living in a situation where, where there's economic distress, living in a situation where there's political polarization, and those of you listening to me are sometimes on one side of the issue and others of you listening to me are on the other side. Here's what you need to hear is exactly what the book of Proverbs says, exactly what the author of Proverbs says in Proverbs chapter 4 verse uh, 7. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost everything you have, get understanding. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we're grateful to contemplate what it means to live a life that is skilled and crafted by wisdom. Uh, we pray that as we think through our conversations and our choices and, and just the way we use our money and the way that we raise our children and the way that we engage in our work and interact with our neighbors, uh, the way that we, we engage in social media, God, we pray that we would do all those activities with wisdom, with skill, with the skill of life, that we would channel what James is telling us in, in James 3.17 to do those things in a peaceable peace-loving, merciful, submissive, considerate way. God, help us to be people that are full of wisdom and who live well because of it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for being here. Um, I'm really excited about next week. We're going to start a brand new sermon series that I've been working on, and I think it's going to be really helpful for our church. So tune back in next week, and we'll kick off a brand new sermon series together. Talk to you later.